Squeal like a Megatu boy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Damn It Jim, the podcast. Here we are between season two and season three of the greatest sci-fi TV show of the 60s, Star Trek, the original series. My name is Dana Smith, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and scholarly bike-riding, beer-loving Star Trek enthusiast, Dan Calzaretta. Good evening, Dan. Wow, that was quite the introduction. I just want to make it clear, I don't drink beer while riding my bike. No, you stop and drink beer. (laughs) I have gone on a bicycle tour where beer drinking was the focus of the tour in Belgium. It was great. Well, that sounds good. Very religious, too, because we went to all these monasteries that make beer. That doesn't necessarily make it religious. (laughs) (laughs) Felt like it. (laughs) So Dan, you had uh, a lot of people at your house for Thanksgiving. You uh, you did the cooking and prepared all kinds of stuff. It was a big, fabulous meal, I'm sure. How did it all go for you? It went it went well, Dana. The turkey was great. We actually smoked two turkeys, but I injected them. I I want to make this clear with like a solution of you know butter and some herbs and stuff. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> But have you ever used one of those like meat injectors? I haven't. My wife and I have looked at them and talked about it, but we never have. Okay. So if you get one, don't be like goofing around showing someone it (laughs) because you will stab yourself in the hand. Is this the voice of experience? (laughs) It very much is. (laughs) They are freaking sharp. I mean, they are like huge needles that you would use to give, I don't know, the Mugatu a sedative. (laughs) They're huge, Dana, and sharp. Did I mention they were sharp? Yeah. But man, the turkey was moist. Oh my God, it was good. And you can use it with other things than just turkey, right? Oh yeah. You know, steaks, if you wanted to, brisket, someone who maybe you work with and who didn't get the vaccine, you might want to like fill them up. (laughs) I mean, the thing is huge. (laughs) I mentioned it was huge and sharp. Everything else went great. There was no like crazy drama, you know, no family drama, which was nice. And how many people did you have at your house? 17. Wow, that's about how many people my brother-in-law had at his house. I had 20. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a competition, Dan. How did your Thanksgiving go? It went real well. Uh, Our family all came up. Um, My uh, stepson from Colorado Springs and uh, my oldest stepson uh, was there as well. And my my brother-in-law and his wife did all the cooking and prepped everything. Uh, And her dad likes to bake. So he brought like three pies. Nice. And then somebody else brought like two pies and there was just food galore. Uh, good. And it was all good. Really enjoyed that. And, and of course we had leftovers. So we've had leftovers since. And uh, and amazingly, I haven't put on any weight. Wow. Did you have to remove a limb? <laughs> Yeah, just from the knee down. <laughs> I would ask what limb that was, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was really nice. And so we had a good time. So Dana, what was your favorite moment, would you say, from the Thanksgiving break? Other than Michigan beating Ohio State, having the whole family together. It was very relaxed. We watched football, ate food, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. How about you? What was uh, your favorite part of the whole Thanksgiving weekend? My favorite part was having both of my kids here. That hasn't happened in like two years because they're both, one's in Cincinnati, one's in Houston. So that was fantastic. Having family, rest of my family here.
there and just hanging out and having fun. Okay, should we uh, talk a little bit about Star Trek? Well, we don't have to. I mean, it is an end of season two special. The special could be we don't talk at all about Star Trek. <laughs> that would make it very special to, to some people, I'm sure. But uh... <laughs> In fact, they're probably wishing maybe you can never talk about Star Trek again. You've ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. We've had a lot of people tell us how they're watching Star Trek now because of our podcast. Well, should we go into some of those listener comments? Yeah, why don't we? From YouTube, J.D. Lewis, 3706. Not sure that's important that I read that whole thing out, but I just did. He wrote to us about Assignment Earth. And he said, great episode. Speaking of MS or multiple sclerosis, Sherry Jackson from What Are Little Girls Made Of is also still alive. But like Ms. Gar, she also suffers from MS. I, I didn't know that, Dana. Yeah, I didn't either. He also goes on to say that Don Wells, Marianne from Gilgan's Island, was the runner-up for Terry Gar's art. Wow. I don't think she could have been as comedic as Terry Gar was. Also, Eddie Don on YouTube wrote to us about Assignment Earth. I understand this episode was why Terry Gar wanted nothing more to do with Star Trek. We talked about some of that. But he also says she, like other actresses, was harassed slash assaulted by, quote, an unnamed executive commonly understood to be Gene Roddenberry. Wow, that's come up a few times from people's comments. Yeah, yeah, it has. Finally, from YouTube, SJ the First must be catching up on some episodes. They wrote, squeal like a Mugato. Oh my God, that was great. <laughs> it is uh, one of my favorite lines from season two, Dan. <laughs> I enjoyed that one too. And then finally, we got an email from Jake Wilhite, and he said, hey, fellas, love the show. This is my first time through TOS, and I've enjoyed your discussions after each episode. Couldn't wait to hear your episode about bread and circuses. After hearing Kirk respond to Spock and McCoy, they asked him, if you remember this part, Dana, McCoy and Spock asked Kirk, what did they do to you, Jim? And then Jake Wilhite says, Jim's been getting serviced by a slave. And then Kirk says, they threw me a few curves. No time to explain. He said, I thought that was hilarious, and it reminded me of Chris Pine's take on Kirk. Thanks for the content. Keep it up. Well, that's great. We've had a lot of uh, people subscribe to us. Kind of surprising. A lot of it happened over Thanksgiving. So I think uh, we were the gift that kept giving over Thanksgiving. I took it as a lot of people were drinking heavily and didn't exactly <laughs> know what they were signing up for. I like to think more positive and think that... Uh, <laughs> These were the sober moments? Could have been. You never know. How about you? You've got some listener comments? Yeah. Uh, our friend Cindy said, uh, Dana said something like, they're using an old style satellite. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, those people are still drinking old style, which is a beer we all used to drink when we were younger. She said, just curious, am I the only one that still remembers that old style game of finding the frog on the can? Then she says, I'm sorry, I will send some money for the ramble jar. And then she says, hey, happy Thanksgiving, all. <laughs> I, I like that, the sending the money part. Our good friend Pam McClung said, uh, as far as Assignment Earth goes, she's a very favorite episode of mine. Our friend Lou from Canada says, was Gary Seven's father, Gary Six, and his grandfather, Gary Five? So, Dana, when Gary Seven has a kid with Roberta, his secretary, is that going to be Gary Eight? That'd be my guess. It's too bad he wasn't Gary 8 because they could say Gary 8 Roberta. <laughs> it's probably how it started. And then they said, no, 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 let's take it back one. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. 
So Kurt Baird said uh, one of the best in Lansing and Gar were awesome. Again, referring to Assignment Earth. Penny Rothkopf said this is pretty much my favorite episode. And then last but not least, Steve Malecki sent us a picture of April Tetro. And it looks like a picture of her at a convention. She's holding up, up a picture of herself from the episode Assignment Earth. And she was Isis, the cat. Yeah, she was Isis. In human form. In human form. Wasn't actually the cat. So Dana, did we hear from Anthony? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have a feeling we lost that contact. <laughs> That's too bad. I, you know, everyone who listened to that, like in my household, because I had told some people about it and they went and listened to it during Thanksgiving break, they thought it was freaking hilarious. All I can say is like growing up with a name like Dana, I was picked on a lot. And we weren't trying to pick on it. You were trying to help me pronounce it correctly. I've had uh, several friends that listened to it and say that they were rolling on the floor laughing and they felt sorry for Anthony. Anyway, Anthony, if you're listening, seriously, we love you, Anthony. Contact us again and, and don't don't be mad. Which leads me to the question, whatever happened to our friend in England who said he was going to get a microphone so that he could uh, call us and help us with our accents that we were doing. It, it just makes me worry that we might have offended him at some point So you know, with our bad accents. I can't imagine, Dana, no. <laughs> So, Dan, we finished season two. We had done kind of mid-season, season two, retrospective a little bit. Right. We were talking about it and wanted to revisit those ideas and cover some of this stuff that we think people might find interesting. So from season two, Dan, what was your, not your favorite character, but the who you thought was the best character in season two? As I explained first time we did this, this some of these things are kind of difficult for me. So you're just going to have to bear with me. Okay. I don't have one. I really like Gary Seven from Assignment Earth. Mm -hmm. I, I just like that character. I wanted to see more of that character and learn more about where he came came from and what that whole backstory would have been. It would have been cool if they actually made that series about Gary Seven. Maybe even more than Gary Seven, Dr. Richard Daystrom from The Ultimate Computer. I thought that character was really good. I didn't like how they made him just kind of flip into like crazy town. Again, his backstory would have been fascinating to learn about because he carries over at least tangentially or he gets referred to in several of the other iterations of Star Trek, right? Oh, yeah. There's the Daystrom Institute. But the ultimate winner for me, Dana, is the Mugatu from A Private Little War. That's that's my best, best character. Squeal like a Mugatu, boy. <laughs> 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 wow you wanted to know his backstory exactly and front story it's a little hard to tell what was what on that guy but <laughs> but I, I just love them we got to how about you dana what about best characters for you commodore matt decker is still my i think one of my favorites uh and i think as a complete character you know, he was just fascinating because the whole Moby Dick, you know, type thing that he was going to get this thing and risk everybody else's lives and stuff. And he was just obsessed. Yeah. And I thought the way uh, William Wyndham played that character was just excellent. Yeah, I completely agree. And in fact, I think that character was better, maybe with the exception of the Mugatu, I think better than any of the strong characters from the second half of the season. Yeah. And like you, I 
I like Gary Seven. I, I mentioned when we did uh, Simon Earth that uh, I would have liked to have seen his backstory. I would like to have seen the series done. Yeah. And then uh, I do have a, a close runner up to the uh, best character, and that was Eileen from uh, Friday's Child. Simply put, it's Julie Newmar. So that's it. <laughs> you, you wanted her backstory, front story, side story, top story, bottom story. I, I agree. Dan, a lot of different stories. Some were kind of humorous. Some were very dramatic. What was your best story from all of season two? Well, again, I looked specifically at the second half, but I thought the strongest episodes of the entire season did come in the first half, and it would have to be the Doomsday Machine. But I'd also throw in there the Trouble with Tribbles, because I really like that, and a piece of the action. I thought they were very funny. But if I was just looking at the second half of the season, I would go with the Ultimate Computer. How about for you, the best story in season two? I picked uh, the Doomsday Machine as well. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought that uh, the whole way they constructed that episode, the idea with uh, Kirk on the other ship, you know, I just, there was so much going on that I thought it was really well done. Uh, Dan, the other one that uh, I thought was in my uh, top ones for the season uh, was Obsession, which is similar in a way to uh, the Doomsday Machine. Kirk now has an obsession about something that killed people and he wants to uh, chase it down and figure it out. Out, almost at the cost of more people's lives. And actually, I think that's the episode with the most crewman deaths in it. Well, Dana, what about, if you think the entirety of season two, what about a worst story? There was a couple, Dan. By far and away, I thought the Omega Glory was the worst of season two. That whole ending just kills it for me. The overacting by everybody involved, <laughs> just it, it just made me laugh. I had a real hard time with that. And I've seen that episode several times and as well. And I, I've, it's always bothered me. But you know, now that we're kind of dissecting it and stuff, it just really kind of hit home. So a little bit more. What about you, Dan? Did you have a worst episode? I totally agree for the same reasons. I mean, that one was bad, very bad. However, it still wasn't as bad as that real piece of shit, the alternative factor. I mean, that's still, for me, now we haven't gotten to season three. I think we're going to have some, I think we're going to get some in season three that might, you know, kind of vie for that title. But so far, the alternative factor is even worse than the Omega Glory. But if we're just talking season two, definitely the Omega Glory. I did have one other that kind of bothered me or didn't think was great. A Private Little War. Yeah. You know, the whole thing, the one tribe's just got bows and arrows. The other guys got flintlocks now because the Klingons gave them. Just like the leader, I can't remember what his name was the blonde haired guy Tyree was it was it Tyree I think so but he acted so stupid and the guys in the village seemed like light years ahead Nona she didn't bother me very much (laughs) (laughs) they just made the show about her I could probably would have been better but I mean the one good thing that came out of that was the musical act the village people you know a few (laughs) years after that they become pretty famous in the 70s they were they were something and they had the same kind of bad wigs and stuff so just uh, (laughs) so since we're on things that we didn't really like what about the most annoying character to you there were a few I thought about uh, the uh, guy in trouble with tribbles William Shaw Gallert. He was like from the Federation and was yelling at Kirk all the time. But my worst was uh, Hengist from uh, Wolf in the Fold, John Fielder. His voice 
his whole presence at times just really bothered me. He just did not seem like somebody that would be in power and, and also a mass murderer. Those are two good ones. How about you, Dan? Well, I, I had three that rose to the top, or maybe it sank to the bottom would be better. <laughs> Rojan, or was it Rohan? How, how did we end up pronouncing that guy's name? Rojan, I think it was. Rojan, okay, <laughs> whatever it was. From by any other name, that guy was definitely annoying to me. They were the ones that took over the ship. They were from the Andromeda Galaxy. Galaxy. Oh, yeah. The, the Kelvins, right? The Kelvins. Yeah, he, he annoyed me. The Brains in the Jar from Return to Tomorrow. And actually, this is the second time we have seen Brains in a Jar this season, right? The first was in the earlier part of the season in the Gamesters of Triskelion, Tris- Triskelion, however we decide to pronounce that one, too. <laughs> That's there for my second one is uh, the Brains in the Glass from Gamesters of Triskelion. Yeah, they were, they were annoying. Yeah, I have one more, though. Yeah, really? Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, did you have more? I didn't mean to like no, take, I no. thought you were just going to give them all. No, that's that's uh, those were my two. Oh, okay. Well, I do have one. But for me, though, the winner, Dana, of all of the annoying ones is Cloud William from the Mega Glory. <laughs> And you need to do his best line, okay? Because you did it in the episode and it was brilliant. You mean freedom? That was it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> My best impersonation. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess the other guy in that episode that really annoyed me was the guy from the Wu-Tang Clan. Who, who was that? The <laughs> other guy? <laughs> Whatever that guy's name was. Well, Dan, this was a different season because Kirk had some relationships with females. I was looking through it trying to figure out who you could say was like the best love interest for Kirk. I struggled with this, so I made a list of all that I could think of. Yeah. Let me just go through this real quick. Yeah, don't don't make me quick. I want to hear every detail about why you <laughs> thought these were the best. There was Janet Wallace from uh, The Deadly Years. Oh, yeah. She had a thing for older men. There was uh, Shanna, the Jiffy Pop girl from Gamesters of Triskelion. Yeah. Kalinda from By Any Other Name. And then Nona from A Private Little War. We mentioned her before. Yeah. Your friend Sylvia from Cat's Paw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was Marlena from Mirror Mirror. And then last was the slave girl from Bread and Circuses. Yes. So, Dan, pick one. <laughs> what was uh, what did you think was Kirk's best love interest? I'm with you on all those, okay, as, as being contenders. But two of them stand out because I think Kirk had children with them. Like, they were the mother of his love child. So, Nona from A Private Little War, I think she had Kirk's love child number two. Number one was Jamie from Court Martial from season one. Yeah. I mean, they named the kid Jamie for crying out loud. And she was kind of masculine looking. And a bad actor. (laughs) Then we had Drusilla from Bread and Circuses, the slave woman. Oh, yeah. This resulted in love child number three. So we've got three love children. Two of them came from this season. However, I think by far the best in season two was Shana Na, uh, the Jiffy Pop girl from the Gamesters of Triskelion. Wow. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, who I would pick as well. Most of them, Kalenda from By Any Other Name, Kirk was just toying with her to get information or get, you know, free the ship. Uh, Nona from Private Little War, she seduced Kirk with the magic herb or magic root or whatever it was. And she saved his life, too, with the little sucking thing. (laughs) 
I mean, it was like a slug, right? That pulled the Mugatu poison out of him. <laughs> the little sucking thing, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Sylvia, Kirk was uh, just trying to woo her as a way of finding a way to escape. Marlena from Mirror Mirror, she was the captain's woman in the Mirror Universe. And, you know, I think if Kirk had to stay there, that could have been quite the relationship. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Shanna is the only one that uh, seemed like a real kind of relationship was developed there. Yeah, I still don't know. I, I mean, Kirk was at first using her as well, right? Yeah. What was the line that she had of, you know, teach me again or... But the end, though, Dana, when he leaves. I mean, he's he's glad to be leaving. Because let's face it, she was denser than grandma's fruitcake. I mean, she... And she was a fruitcake, Dana. Bye, Jim Kirk. I will learn and watch the lights in the sky. And remember... God, so bad, Dana. You know, I think that, yeah, I think uh, he was using her, but I think there was something more. He felt something for her. Yeah, he wanted to get that Jiffy Pop to pop. That's what he wanted. That's all he wanted. All right, Dana, we've kind of gone over some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like, but what do you think we learned from season two? Well, that's an excellent question, Dan. Well, you, you wrote it, so I just want to give you credit for that. <laughs> Uh, did I say it's a fantastically excellent question? And uh, <laughs> Dan, the one thing that came up time and time again was the prime directive. And we see by a couple episodes that's in place for a good reason. You know, Kirk isn't always careful with the prime directive. He, you know, he has a way of kind of bending it. And, and we've had some, uh, some of our listeners uh, say that we're wrong on this, but I still stand by that. I think uh, when Kirk gets involved with, with another planet, he can't help but kind of inject some of his own philosophies and some of his own ideas into uh, these cultures. Well, we've seen him inject some of the women from these uh, other cultures too, but I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, and, and to kind of paraphrase from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you know, he sees the prime directive, I think, is more of a guideline than a rule. Yeah. I was just curious uh, what you had as your uh, number one learning from season two. Well, I think it's, you know, sexism is alive and well in season two. We called it out almost every time in season one. By the time we get to season two, it's like, that's all we would be talking about. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just because it was in almost every episode. Women are rarely in roles of real authority. They're often portrayed as not very intelligent, or sometimes they're just throwaway or background characters. So for me, it was sexism is alive and well. I don't know if it's going to get much better in season three, Dana. Yeah, I have serious doubts about that. So how about another one for you? We learned that everything originated from Russia, according to Chekhov. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yep, that's right. And this was the first season that Chekhov was in there, but he had some great lines and was uh, often used as comedic relief. Do you think his wig was made in Russia? I think that was kind of thrown together in a blender or something, uh, that wig that he wore. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was so bad. How about you? You got another one for us? Uh, something else we learned from season two? Yeah, I think we learned that Sulu, Chekhov, and Uhura were all underused. George Decay, we know he was off filming the Green Berets this season, so that, I guess that makes some sense why Sulu wasn't in. But the other two should have been used even more, and especially Uhura. I mean, we do talk about how groundbreaking that 
that role was. Even Martin Luther King told Nichelle Nichols, you can't quit the show. You're too important to our movement. But my God, she should have been in it more, Dana. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, she had a good role in Mirror, Mirror, but that's kind of it. What about another one for you? Something we learned in season two. Brains. Lots of brains. And uh, it's best if they're kept inside a jar or an orb or under a rock, preferably. But uh, just (laughs) there was too many brains in uh, season two. And I'm tired of brains. Do you have any more, Dan? I do. I've got one more. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy's relationship continues to develop. You know, for example, we see McCoy trying to express affection and gratitude to Spock in Bread and Circuses for saving his life. I mean, Spock doesn't quite know how to respond to that. But we see that McCoy does like Spock, even though they're always kind of nitpicking at each other. And we also see Spock expressing his deep friendship for Kirk, especially when he thinks he kills him in a muck time. So those, even more than season one, I would say those relationships are really kind of now baked in to what will become every future version of Star Trek. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I really noticed that more so in season two that the Kirk, Spock, and McCoy trio were more essential to every episode. And I think that's why Uhura fell off. I think that's why, you know, Sulu fell off, Chekhov as well. Uh, Scotty, to some degree, wasn't used as much in some areas. It just kind of surprised me, but it, it seems like they hit upon something like this friendship and these three guys together can conquer anything. Dana, how about one more to wrap this section of our show up? We've discussed this uh, multiple times, season one, season two, and I can't wait to season three to discuss it more. But anybody and their brother can uh, run the transporter. That's... uh, It makes no sense to me that this high-tech piece of equipment that scatters, that can literally scatter molecules all around the universe, everybody's able to operate it. That comes on the ship. Never seen transported before, they can still operate it and beam off the ship. We'll see what happens in season three, but uh, I'm expecting we'll see more of the same. Well, speaking of season three, Dana, what are you looking forward to in season three? Dan, there's uh, a lot to look forward to in season three. Unfortunately, there's also a lot to be frightened of. <laughs> uh, there's a couple episodes that come to mind that uh, I think should provide some good humor for us. Uh, I've got a list of a few that I'm really looking forward to. The Tholian Web, The Enterprise Incident, Day of the Dove, All Our Yesterdays. That's, I believe that's the one where Spock finds love. And then uh, Turnabout Intruder, where we get to see Kirk show somewhat of a feminine side. That's the very last one. Well, in broadcast order. And you could see why the series wasn't renewed if everybody just watched that last episode. So Yeah, true. So what about you, Dan? What are you looking forward to in season three? Well, I'm really looking forward to a bunch of the episodes, but for different reasons, Dana. You mentioned some that were really classic Star Trek episodes. For me, you know, some of these are truly ridiculous. I mean, some that I have on my list, they're truly ridiculous. Some are funny, but some also made television history and changed culture forever. So in no particular order, these are the ones I'm really looking forward to. Spectre of the Gun, Plato's Stepchildren, The Way to Eden, all I'm going to say is Hippies, Uh, (laughs) The Savage Curtain, all I'm going to say is Abraham Lincoln, and All Our Yesterdays was all also on my list, Dana. But you know, we start off season three with a real barn burner, don't we? <laughs> yeah. In fact, it probably should have been burned in a barn. 
it's the one one of the episodes uh, most people agree is not their favorite, and that's Spock's brain. That's right. So we're gonna start season three of the Damn It Jim podcast with Spock's brain. Oh my god, Dana! I can't wait for that. I almost started watching it this weekend just to you know get a good leg up on that. So yeah, a dog would put a leg up on it because it's so bad, Dana. It's really bad. But yeah, we should have a lot of fun talking about that one. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a few episodes like that during the season three. Well, Dana, hey, I think there's a lot to look forward to in season three. I am really excited about getting started and probably like our listeners, excited for us to end this thing. I think uh, season three is going to be fun. And as we go along, we have to figure out what's going to be next for the Damage Gym podcast after uh, season three ends. One of my relatives who was here over at Thanksgiving said, are you going to do the next generation? And I said, are you fucking crazy? That's seven years. (laughs) So this was hard enough for me. (laughs) Yeah, but I think they only did like 20 episodes a season or something like 23 episodes instead of 29, you know. Okay, that's still 140 episodes. (laughs) And again, we'll probably be asking our listeners for more ideas. And we've already had some people give us some ideas. We had people suggest The Twilight Zone, right? Yep. We did have, like you said, people suggested the movies. And we've also had people suggest that we don't ever do this again. (laughs) Those are just family members, Dan. Well, Dana, hey, I've had a great time in season two. What about you? Yeah, season two was a lot of fun. We built up on a lot of ideas. And I can't wait till we get to season three and see what kind of new ideas we can come up with and new trouble we can get into. Well, and one thing I would like to say is, you know, we love Star Trek. It's fun to do this show. But one of the things that I really look forward to every week is the comments that we get from people. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's sent us emails, commented on any of the Facebook posts or on YouTube, and also those who've taken the time to call us on the Damage Gym hotline. So once again, thank you to all the people who have been with us the whole time and those who've just joined us. Yeah, we've been very fortunate, Dan. Our fan base keeps growing. I feel very fortunate that our fans want to interact with us. They've invited us to uh, several different uh, conferences across Across the U.S., who knows? This coming year, we might see our way to uh, actually attend one of those. Yeah, it'd be fun to go to a convention. But Dana, I'd also like to express my gratitude to you. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, same here, Dan. And uh, I look forward to doing this every week. Uh, when we take a week off, I kind of feel a little emptiness in my heart because uh, this show has become a big part of my life. I was going to say, you might want to consider getting a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> once again thanks to all our listeners tell your friends and relatives and we will see you in season three starting next week so until we meet again live long and prosper thanks once again for listening to dammit jim the podcast we'd love to hear from you please send us an email at dammitjimpodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on facebook X or YouTube. You can also call the Dammit Jim hotline at 509-676-6298. Make sure to join Dan and Dana next week for the premiere episode of Season 3, Spock's Brain. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to live long and prosper. This has been a Ramble Jar production.